Alright, legends. Welcome back, dude, to yet another episode of Get Around Me. What a time it is to be alive, truly. Okay, 2023, it's a new year, but it's the same me, dude. If it's not broken, you don't fix it. Okay, and we don't need to analyze that statement any further than we already have. But 2023, exciting times. I've got two New Year's resolutions. I told my dad I was going to learn Spanish, but the way he scoffed at that, that was quickly thrown out, okay? And he was right to do so um, because I found out you have to pay for Duolingo and that really took the edge off my enthusiasm. But failing that, 2023, two New Year's resolutions, I thought I want to take care of myself a little bit better, okay? Not too much. But maybe just, you know, Mondays and Tuesdays, drink a glass of water, that sort of stuff. And then I'd like to date an extremely famous chick. Those are my two resolutions, and I'm not necessarily going to do them in that order. But I thought, really, something that could rev my 2023 into next week, because I'm touring fucking everywhere. You can bet your house on that. Doing the Melbourne Comedy Festival this this year. Last year, I did three shows in Melbourne. People said, Bill, you got to do a fourth, mate. Where's that fourth show? Well, 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 I've called your bluff, you, you southern dogs. I'm doing 11 shows at the Melbourne Comedy Festival in what could be one of the biggest swings uh, we'll see this calendar year. So is it too many? We'll find out. Is it not enough? That's not correct at all. It, if, if anything, it's too many. But nevertheless, I'm coming to Melbourne to do 11 shows this year. Tickets will be on sale soon. I thought, do you know what? I could work hard on my craft. I could, you know, continue to plow away at social media and TikTok, etc. Making guest appearances on various podcasts. I'm definitely top 10 podcast guests in the country. That's a made up stat. But at the same time, prove me wrong. Here's the thing. I could do all of that stuff. Okay, put in the work day in, day out, or bup, bup, bup. I could just date a famous chick and have her chuck my post on her story two to three times, sell the thing out. Next thing you know, I'm adding a show in Hobart. I'll see you there. Okay, so really hinging this calendar year on running into Abby Chatfield in Manly, hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, I'm not sure if she's dating anyone at the moment. I, I don't listen to kyle and jackie o but if she isn't or or someone of her stature i think it could really be the key to me taking my career to the next level and i'm not saying we have to you know fall in love or get married or or even you know like each other for more than three weeks but i think you know just just to boost the profile a bit and you know rev up this tour i think main priority for me this year is dating a famous chick so you know, if you've got more than 400,000 Instagram followers, I'd stay out of the Manly Corso unless you want a young man in, a, in a, a pretty mediocre polo with a fantastic attitude to fucking give you a nod from across the bar because that's, that's the key to my success this year, dating up, okay? Too many people out here dating for love. I'm dating for profile. That's my new thing for 2023. <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, honestly, <laughs> I'm joking, but I'm also not. that. If I could just date Billie Eilish for three weeks, the venues I play are only 100 seats anyway. 
you know, get those fucking extremely long fingernails working, babe. Next thing you know, I'm doing an arena in Israel. So really looking for some sort of a backdoor deal of some description to get me over the line this year. And failing that, I will be attempting to look after myself a little bit more in what was one of the more hedonistic Christmas breaks I ever personally have participated in, okay? I realized the issue with with my Christmas breaks and me holidaying and relaxing in general is that for me, relaxing is just doing absolutely whatever the fuck you want at all costs, no matter what, you know? Like not like not even like even having a glass of water, I'm like, what's the point? No rules, I'm on holiday, you know? When in reality you, you should still drink water, even if whether it's Christmas or not. You know? I almost freaking blacked out at a bloody lunch in December. Cause I don't think I hadn't had a glass of water in about three days. I've been drinking but nothing but red wine and good intentions. And I was quite dizzy. So I unfortunately have dropped the ball with my health for a couple of weeks once again. And uh, need to sort of not turn things around, but just slightly steer left. Okay, you never want to overpromise with like drastic health changes. You know, when someone like you got someone you know who's uh, not not particularly healthy, obese, etc., and they do a massive Facebook post like "fucking here we come," this is my year. Get out of my way. You know, I've just I've just seen. David Goggins at Kudos Bank Arena and he's changed my life forever. And then they lose like five kilos and then they sort of stop with it and it's like, ah, what a letdown, you know? Whereas if you say nothing, you say, I might try and get healthy, but I probably won't. And then you lose five kilos. Everyone's thinking, fucking hell. What an unbelievable effort from that fella, you know? He's exceeded the very minimal expectations that were in place. And that's what it's all about, Okay. Keeping the bar so low, you can fucking crawl over that son of a bitch, okay? So that's what I'm looking to do this year. I'm looking for back doors. I'm looking for cheat codes. You know, I'm looking to get the proverbial taxi to the finish line of the Boston Marathon. So here's to getting lucky and, uh, and, and not working as hard as we should. But dude, I don't know. Health is so trendy at the moment. I don't know what's going on. Because now you ask someone, oh, probably going to get a little bit healthier this year. Everyone's like actively engaged in health. It's like a trendy thing to do, to 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 try and live for a long time. It's very in vogue at the moment, you know? And everyone's all over the place. Some people are still drinking, you know, a gallon of milk and, and a liter of Coca-Cola with some cigarettes like it's 1974. And then we got other blokes out here eating nothing but the exhaled air of an antelope. And it's all very confusing. You know, it's very confusing. Some people are not eating breakfast anymore. I tried that for most of 2022. Can you imagine if you told a fully-fledged bloke in 1963 to skip breakfast? The beating you would have received. They would have called you a witch or something back then. It was only like five years ago that we all finally came around on the fact that you do need to, in fact, drink water. Okay? You told my pop to drink a glass of water when he was still with us. I mean, you would have thought you've asked him to climb Mount Kilimanjaro or something. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't on his agenda. You know, I know there's some, there's some blokes from that generation who call water gay scotch. If you get past 90, you can pretty much call anything whatever you want. So 
That's really what it comes down to. You can do as much healthy stuff as you want, but if there's a 100-year-old chain smoker on the news, I mean, really, you're going to take their advice over a physician's any day of the week. I remember there there was this one lady who was like 105 years old, and she said um, she had a a can of Coca-Cola every day and never let a man tell her what to do. That was the secret to her longevity, okay? And here's the thing is, you can say what you want about that theory, you know? Backed up by science doesn't matter. The evidence is right there on the screen, talking to Tracy Grimshaw as we speak. So, I don't know, going to try and get a little bit healthier. I wish you could find out how you die one day. Because if I'm going to get hit by a bus at 73, fucking sweet, I can skip the rock melon, you know? But if you're going to go down to heart disease due to, you know, four or five decades of not taking care of yourself, you know, I've got Bam Bam Tuivasa over my left shoulder right now. You know, the big fella, you can't tell me he's intermittent fasting. And yet he is an athlete at the top of his game. So what's really going on out here, you know? And now it seems like the onus is on the individual to look after your health. I see a lot of scientists, Andrew Huberman, other Instagram science guys, they're saying, mate, start your day with a cold shower facing east and then fucking do some push-ups and go for a run and then donate for three business days. And it's like, mate, get back to working on the magic pill, lads. What's all this discipline stuff? Routines, discipline, day in, day out, miss a day, back to the start. You know, it never fucking ends. Boys, go back to working on the magic pill that fixes fucking everything. And we'll get back to to living hedonistic lives in an effort to distract ourselves from the grim reality of our financial situations, okay? But yeah, I feel like science is really... Catch up, lads. Catch up. I'm just hoping by the time I'm 70, science is fucking caught up to a position where pretty much anyone can live to 94. That's all I want, 94 years old. I think that would be best case scenario for me. At 94, I've always said it, you can take me up to the roof of the hospital, put a shotgun in my mouth, put me down like a fucking farm dog. I'm done. You know what I mean? All this stuff of fucking living forever, not for me, okay? Not for me. (laughs) I was just thinking, can you imagine if I'm 94 and I'm still doing a podcast in my bedroom going, come on, lads, I'm coming to Brisbane this year. (laughs) Oh, God. Anyway, a bit of a existential dread there to start the year. Uh, but it is a new year filled with potential. I love a clean slate as well. So looking forward to what's to come. A lot on the agenda for this podcast. Rowan Arneal returns. I put up a thing on my Instagram story saying, what do people want more of in 2023 from this podcast? A lot of people said, Rowan... A couple of people said more Rowan, less Billy, which felt needlessly hurtless, hurtful, I should say. And then there was just a lot of people saying, you know, more cricket chat, more yarns, more Macca, more Adzi. It's just more podcast is, seems to be the vibe out there. Um, not really going to extend the length of the podcast because how long can you really talk to yourself in one of the smallest bedrooms Manly has ever seen? I would argue anything more than an hour 
you might be verging on schizophrenic behavior. So not going to extend the length of the podcast, but we'll keep Rowan going in the second half. Maybe start filming it with Rowan. Yeah, it just really depends on... i got to get another day job and fucking sort myself out a bit. So it just depends on how much time I have. But there's plenty more get around me coming this way. And I'm touring... I'm going to be touring like a fucking animal this year. So it's going to be good. But anyway, let's get into the yarns from the weeks that were, the week that was. I miss my ex-girlfriend. Let's get into it, dude. So... Massive highlight of my Christmas break was I went to the cricket, but with the Richies. Now, if you're not familiar with this, it's I cannot recommend this experience enough. If you're someone who enjoys going to the cricket and carrying on, this is for you, okay? So basically, about 400 white guys dress up. In fact, that's an unfair assessment. There was upwards of three to four brown guys in the group, and uh, and there were some women there as well. Absolutely anyone can enjoy this beautiful experience and basically 400 people dress up as Richie Benno for the day and go to the cricket and just carry on and that's really all it is it's a few extra shekels to to get into the elusive group I think there's a website you buy the tickets through we were actually lucky Macca uh, Macca's boss shouted us the tickets as part of his Christmas party so don't ask me how me and Adzi wormed our way into that but we fucking did Okay, in this group, we share our events with each other. Maka came to my work Christmas party a couple of years ago. Uh, I'm now working with Adzi, you know. Maka came to my Easter family Christmas. I mean, a lot of crossover, okay? The more, the merrier, share the love, etc. Okay, so basically, you wear, you wear a beige suit. You rock up at the Paddington RSL at 8 a.m. You get your microphone and your Richie wig. And you get a song sheet with all these different songs for the players. And it's kind of like being part of like an Aussie Barmy army. That's kind of what I would describe it as, except everyone looks the same. Uh, shout out, there was a fair few Get Around Me listeners in the Richies as well. Good crossover demographic there. And, uh, oh man, it was so good. So there's there's songs for every player to like the tune of, of a classic song. So like for Pat Cummins, there was Paceman Pat. But it was to the tune of Postman Pat. Unreal. It was like Paceman Pat, Paceman Pat, Paceman Pat, and his baggy green cap. And as you can imagine, that was pretty much the best thing I've ever heard. I'm smiling right now, just recounting that absolute tune. And we never actually got to sing it, now that I'm looking back. But that was my favorite one. And yeah, it was just unreal. So you meet up, everyone's on the schoons, you get a bacon egg roll. And a free beer to start the day. The leader of the Richie is pretty much my hero. Just a real charismatic guy with an army of cricket fans at his disposal. Living my dreams. And the ethos of the day is, what would Richie do? And this is a good re- uh, good rule. Because you've got 400 people heading to the cricket, starting drinking at 8.30 in the morning. There's serious potential for this to get off the rails. You know, there's lo- everyone's off work. There's a lot of hedonism in the air. Um, you know, the attitude of, of most most people there was a reckless one. So what would Richie do? You know, he, he said, keep in mind, we're honoring Richie Benno, who was a very classy guy. So that was a nice rule, I thought. Um, and then you, you get to walk over to the SCG via the fucking, I don't, the road. I don't know what I thought I was saying there, but 
you walk to the SCG, it's the most powerful I've ever felt. Okay, 400 people all dressed the exact same. I felt like I was in the Chinese military, honestly. I didn't know if we were going to watch the cricket or if it was like a military coup. Absolutely anything was on the table for this group. We were united. Uh, we were together. The sense of camaraderie, I'm not even joking, it was just unbelievable. And it was so fun because everyone's driving past us, like filming us and laughing their head off. Because you forget that you look like Richie Benno. It's fucking hilarious. Okay? So, walk into the ground and everyone calls each other Richie as well, which is great because you can't learn everyone's name. And even if you did, how are you going to bloody recognize them? So, everyone just calls each other Richie. So, you'd be like, sorry, Rich. All good, Rich. Oi, Rich, you got the time there? 12 o'clock, Rich. And it's just... It was, it was the funnest thing ever. <laughs> I'm clearly a simple man with simple pleasures. But this absolutely revved me uh, like you wouldn't believe. So, a lot of fun. Getting to the ground. Um, one thing was, it was hot and muggy. Okay, obviously, a bit of wet weather around during the Sydney test. Extremely hot and muggy. You cannot take your jacket off. Okay, it, it is a mob mentality and an aggressive atmosphere. One guy tried to take his jacket off and the abuse he received uh, was something I've not seen before, okay? It was really just everyone chanting, put your jacket on, put your jacket on. But like 300 people and, you know, the tone, the tone was, you better fucking put this jacket on, cunt, okay? <laughs> the tone was, hey, we're all having fun, but if you don't put this jacket on, there could be consequences. So a lot of fun. I will say, I think, is this, okay, is this a reckless opinion? I think it might honestly be safer to drink full strength beer at the cricket because you're drinking these Forex and you just get to this place, not to mention full suit, wig, and you're drinking Forex in the sun and you just get to a place where you think, uh, am I drunk? Am I dehydrated? Am I delirious? What's happening? You know, it's just getting this weird fuzzy state of just, oof, and the beers just keep coming and they, they're going down. Drink those 4X quick because if you've got like a third of a beer left and it goes warm, turns into rusty nails pretty quick, dude. And uh, yeah, I would say around three o'clock was when the, also blokes were just dropping off like flies because it was a long day in the sun with the suit on. So towards the end of the day, it's probably, you know, a few more seats opened up, which was nice. Uh, I will say the what would Richie do mantra fell by the wayside probably around 2.30. Um, I can pinpoint the moment it did. Uh, uh, one of the Richies, these things happen. These things happen. Sometimes we lose our way. Okay. What did Jesus say? Don't lose your way. Okay. So the moment the what would Richie do slogan fell by the wayside was when one of the Richies stood up and said to one of the South African players, fuck you, you fat fuck. Okay, which, you know, I think we can all agree isn't something we would be used to hearing from Richie Benno himself. But apart from that, there was a, that was a small blip on an otherwise delightful day. Uh, the, the leader of the Richies was living the dream. Like he was doing like media interviews all day. Imagine this, you're at the cricket with 400 blokes you've organized, just drinking piss, getting interviewed, all day. It's like my perfect day. Gus Wallen came over and, and sculled a few beers. The big fella. 
Um, so that was great. There was the chick from ABC who does the commentary, who's really good. Her name escapes me. There was the ground announcer for the SCG, who is maybe the most irritating man on the planet. What is it with ground announcers? And it might be exclusive to the cricket, but they have to talk like they're they're performing as part of high five or something. You know, it's like we all understand that there are seven-year-olds at the cricket, but there are also people who aren't seven. So I'm just wondering, do we have to talk at the cricket and the big bash like everyone's seven? This ground announcer is like, oh boy, what a great day at the cricket. How much fun are you guys having today? And it's like he's smiling with these TV teeth and it's just really, really uncomfortable. I always find it bizarre because I went to the cricket three days in a row and I'm not bragging. The second day was one of the worst days of my life. I mean, we had fun. I went with my brother and my dad and two of his mates and it just rained and rained and rained. And we went to the pub and had a few schooners and that was fun. And then we left. But it was shit house. And the ground announcer was trying to fill time during the game. And it was the same ground announcer, this guy. I don't know who he is, but I don't care for him. And then, a, you know, an attractive blonde lady. I don't know who she is either. No personal attacks here, but nothing against them. But it's just, why is it always people in presenting roles, on whether it be TV or radio? And I'm not talking about Fitzy and Whipper and, you know, your, your banterous kings like them. But, like, why is it people who are just presenters can never seem to just talk normally? You know, they had to fill, like, three minutes in between highlight packages. And it's like, and the guy was like, oh, wow, did you see the game last night? And it's like, there. I understand you have to speak clearly and emotively, but is there a way to do that without seeming like you might be actually a robot with just human skin over the top? You know, and they've loaded you up with one of the more autistic programs we've seen. It's just very uncomfortable watching presenters smile too much. Just you can hear their stupid brains going, looking for what to say. And it's just very uncomfortable. So they've got to work on that. I just have a real problem with ground presenters. But anyway, uh, whatever that is aside, great day at the cricket. Um, There was an incident at the end of the day where we went out uh, to a really nice bar with Macca's boss and his mate. And uh, his mate got in really nice tequila, like top shelf tequila. I think the round was like $120 for five or something. And it was tequila just in a glass, but no ice, no soda water, you know, because I I am partial to a techie soda. Yes, I'll have a line with that, babe. I shouldn't have to ask. But that's, you know, that's your fucking whatever that one with the Mexican hat is on it. You know, traditionally, I don't drink tequila unless it comes with a small miniature sombrero on top of the bottle. So this was something new for us. Anyway, we're all starting to panic because we, we've had about 46 million beers. The thought of a shot of tequila at this time, and it was quite an aggressive shot as well. Uh, we're thinking, fuck, this is touch and go. You know, Adzi's had his problem with tequila in the past. There was an incident where he vomited on a table not under it you know you really shouldn't be vomiting anywhere near a table but if you were to vomit near one you wouldn't vomit on top of it would you you know but that's what Adzi chose that night and he blamed the tequila and we do too so we got this fucking huge glass tequila in front of us we're panicking 
going, fucking hell, these blokes want to do shots. Anyway, so we all say a Hail Mary, get this thing down. Adzi's holding on to the end of the table for dear life, just going, please. Adzi trying to keep down tequila is like when a rocket ship is re-entering the atmosphere and the, the astronauts are just, hold, hold. Like that, That's Adzi trying to keep down tequila. Look like fucking Apollo 13 re-entering the stratosphere, dude. <laughs> and... Uh, Anyway, it turns out it, the guy was horrified. He was like, what the fuck are you guys doing? You're supposed to sip it. That's the best tequila they have in here, you fucking idiots. So it turns out it was a sipping tequila. And um, so, so yeah, we, we, we basically shotted a $30 glass of tequila each and just tried not to vomit. We, we didn't, there was no, not 1% of us thought, let's try this. Let's try and enjoy it. Let's see what it tastes like. We were just like, fucking let's go. Oof. Like... But anyway, great day of the cricket finished with us uh, offending a very wealthy man by sculling some of the most expensive tequila we've ever seen. But apart from that, it was one of the great days. Um, got home in an absolute state. Saw Uzi and Steve Smith both get tons. I'll be telling the grandkids about both of those. And and yeah, we'll talk cricket a bit later. But great day at the cricket. Highly recommend the Richies for anyone who's keen. It was fucking one of the funnest days of my life. Okay, couple of topics to crack into now. So firstly, this one's hilarious. Uh, Australian cricket captain Pat Cummins said that he got added to a WhatsApp group chat with ScoMo and Justin Langer. Uh, and the, the group chat was titled Legends by ScoMo himself. So whoever says ScoMo doesn't have any banter has clearly never been added to a group chat with the great man. I mean, that's one of the more cheeky titles we've ever seen. You know, he could have he could have said bloody legends as well to really push it over the line. But you know, Scomo, he's an understated man. But imagine this: is this is this not like worst case scenario? Okay, so you got the coach JL and the PM. So you've been added to a group chat with your boss and the prime minister of the nation. That's a tough crowd. Okay, put it this way: I'm not messaging first in that bad boy. Okay. I would be treading very carefully, you know, one wrong joke, next thing you know, you've been fired and you're also in prison, so very bizarre, I honestly don't think I can think of two less chill blokes to be in a group chat with, you know, JL, known psychopath, loves talking about discipline and cowards, (laughs) and uh, ScoMo, you know, (laughs) ScoMo, ScoMo, okay, you know, ScoMo is ScoMo, not the most banterous guy, loves Hillsong, hates immigrants, so, you know, where would you, where would you fucking find the line for, for these two gentlemen, uh, I'd be putting a lot of ha-has at the end of my message just to soften everything, you know, you don't accidentally piss off one of these lads, imagine getting to a fucking, imagine this thing fires up at 1am, ScoMo goes, lads, what's doing, get to the Corso ASAP, I don't care what you think of Scott Morrison or Anthony Albanese or whoever. The, if the Prime Minister messaged you in a group chat to come out for a beer, dude, I'm going out. I'm going out for a fucking beer, okay? You know, it could be one of those things where it's like, you know, the real, the real prick in your office, but then like that one time a year when he just gets on one and you think, fuck, he's all right. You know, just like the dogs are out. You rock up, JL and ScoMo both have like ties tied around their head. 
giggling about like they one of them said the word boobs or something. Oh my god, is it illegal to leave a group chat with the PM? Because often, you know, let's say you get added to one of these freaking crap group chats. Oh, I'm I'm moving to Adelaide. I'm having a barbecue. Who wants to come down, you know? Would love to see you all one more time. Firstly, we haven't spoken in 3 years. Secondly, I've left this group chat before anyone even knows what's happening. Okay? The thing with leaving a group chat is either you can do it straight a fucking way or you can be in that group chat for the rest of your life, okay? I'm still in soccer group chats. I haven't played in two years, but I'm scared of Billy Darcy left the group. It just feels so aggressive, you know? When it comes up, if you could leave group chats without the notification coming up, people would be fucking fleeing group chats en masse, okay? But when it comes up, Billy Darcy left the group, it kind of implies I've left like in a huff, you know, I've stormed out and I've fucking slammed the door behind me, you know. I, I wish there was a way for it to come up like Billy Darcy has excused himself from the group chat. Billy Darcy has ducked out from the group chat. Billy Darcy's just popped outside to, to smoke a cigarette. He might be back, you know. It just feels so aggressive and final when you leave a group chat. Because if I personally... If you get added to a group chat with your boss and the PM, you got about 0.7 of a second just to leave before anything unfolds. Because you can't tell me that banter is going to be fun, you know? And Pat Cummins said he actually had another group chat called Legends. So, you know, Paddy Cummins, he loves a laugh as much as the next guy. And that was actually with Stark and Hazelwood. So he said he didn't want to get those mixed up, which he did actually wrap your head around this. He actually accidentally, this is embarrassing. This is pretty much as embarrassing as it gets. I can't believe Pat Cummins is showing his face after this. He accidentally sent uh, dinner plans that were meant for Hazelwood and Stark. Should we get dinner tonight, lads? He sent it to JL and the Prime Minister. Okay. So pretty awkward situation there, Paddy. What can you do? Old lefty tree hugger Cummins as well. He hates the linter energy. You can't tell me. That means he loves ScoMo. He'd be fucking hating this. He'd be he'd be texting through gritted teeth. Love your work, Scotty. You know? Now that's a tight you know when you're fucking in a group chat with um with a bunch of people and then you're talking shit about one of them individually to another person? Imagine that person was the Prime Minister of Australia. You are fucking dancing with the devil, my friend, okay? You want to get dropped off at Christmas Island? Have a bit more time to think about whether you want to jump in on an Alinter Energy ad or not there, Paddy. Because if you fucking get your wires crossed on these text messages, anything could happen here. But I wonder how that works. Can the Prime Minister just get anyone's number? Because if so, Albo, let's party. You know? I've seen Albo out and about in Marrickville having a pint of craft beer, tapping a toe to indie music. He's out there. He's out there doing it. And to that, I say, Albo... Drop me a text. I don't have WhatsApp. It's not 2011, but drop me a text, okay? Now, up next, uh, the other feedback I got from that Instagram thing was that people want Pelican of the Week to return, okay? I got no qualms. We haven't had Pelican of the Week in probably 100 episodes, maybe more. So, without further ado, Pelican of the Week. This week's Pelican of the Week, uh, I shouldn't have to explain this segment, pretty self-explanatory, 
This week's Pelican of the Week is UFC fighter Donald Cowboy Cerrone. He's actually retired, but he's Pelican of the Week because he just had a son. Okay, now that's not it, but he's, he's now got three sons. And how's this? His sons are named... <laughs> okay, okay. His sons, and this is real, his three sons are each named... Danger, Havoc, and Riot. <laughs> now, this is pretty out there, okay? Now, is it not enough that they are the sons of a former UFC fighter, okay? But on top of that, you've powered them up with the names Danger, Havoc, and Riot. You know, words that will most likely appear on their police reports one day. But until then, I'll tell you what they're going to be doing. These young fellas are going to be doing some routing, Okay. Imagine your dad, your dad could literally kill any any human on the planet and you're also named Danger. How far back would your shoulder blades go as you walk down the street? I assume they're being taught Muay Thai from the age of three as well. You know, these guys walking down the street. Yeah, what what's up? My name's Havoc. <laughs> as in, that's what I'm going to play in your fucking life, babe, Okay. Jesus fucking Christ, has anyone ever had a bigger head start in life than coming from such a dangerous family with such dangerous names? I mean, fucking hell. These guys should not be allowed to get tattoos. They're already too powered up. If, if your name is Danger, you're a UFC legend's son, you know Muay Thai, and then you get a sleeve tattoo. I mean, there's not enough hours in the day for the amount of rooting you will be doing. Okay? Jesus Christ. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking, I hope he has a fourth son and just gives him like a real nerdy normal name. Like imagine he's like, oh, I've got four sons. These are my boys. We've got Danger, Havoc, Riot, and Duncan. <laughs> oh my Lord. That would be fucking hilarious, dude. That would be absolutely hilarious. So Pelican of the Week, Donald Cerrone, he clearly doesn't, doesn't understand the concept of a name. Names and nouns are different. I think a lot of people struggle with that concept. You know, tree. Is tree a noun? Mm. I'm treading on fucking eggshells here because I don't 100% know what a noun is. But you know what I mean? Deodorant can. Is that a noun? Hat. Hat is a noun. What is a fucking noun? All right, we're going to move on from that. But that's our first Pelican of the Week for 2023. And uh, Pelican of the Week, well, I used to get some great send-ins for Pelican of the Week. So um, you can just DM me on Instagram if you'd like to send one in. Uh, used to get some fucking weird yarns. It was good. It was real good. Let's bring back Pelican of the Week. You know, just someone who's been a Pelican, okay? It's not fucking hard to work out. Um, so yeah, Pelican of the Week. Send it. You can DM me on Instagram or my comedy email is Comedy. No apostrophe, all lowercase. BillyDarcyComedy at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to send me something longer or whatever, or if you want to book me for some event and pay me upwards of two grand, okay? I will now talk about the cricket ever so briefly. Fair bit to get through there. This podcast is brought to you by Manscaped. Happy New Year from our friends over at Manscaped. The ball has officially dropped, but that doesn't mean you have to drop the ball on your balls in 2023. Whether you had a New Year's kiss or not, 
the leaders in below-the-waist grooming have you covered for your much-needed resolution of bringing sexy back. Join the 7 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with our exclusive offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code DARCY, D-A-R-C-Y, all capitals, for 20% off and free shipping on your order. Let's have a toast for a new year, new you, and more importantly, a new you with no pubes. I've been using these Manscaped products since uh, they came on board with the podcast, and it's a sense of confidence you don't get elsewhere, lads. Walking around town knowing you've got just one of the cleanest playing surfaces going around. It's a, it's a bat-first type situation. And it's a new year, and it's new balls with the global leaders, leaders in below-the-waist grooming. This year, take your package to the next level with their Performance Package 4.0. Inside this thing, you'll find the Signature Lawnmower 4.0, the advanced skin-safe technology, reduces cuts and nicks on your delicate parts. It also comes equipped with a 4,000K LED spotlight that will shine a light to the promised land that 2023 looks to be. A grooming routine isn't complete as well without applying Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver before showing off your 2023 self. These unique formulations take care of the smelliest part of your body and are a big boost to your confidence into the new year. To complete the set, Manscaped threw in their shed travel bag and anti-chafing boxer briefs as free gifts to keep all your goodies stored comfortably. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code DARCY at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free free shipping at manscaped.com with the code DARCY. I've been using the Lawnmower 4.0 for quite some time now. And it is an absolute game changer, lads. Get amongst it. It's time to feel sexy and free this 2023 with Manscaped. Okay, so I'm going to talk about the cricket for a bit. Then I'll do the project. And then after that, we got Rowan Arneal back as per. A few yarns from the break, that sort of stuff. So the cricket, Australia versus South Africa. We won 2-0 in what was, in hindsight, pretty much a flop of a summer as far as seeing a game of cricket being played, okay? As far as seeing a sporting contest, you know? You could argue that that didn't take place. As far as seeing your heroes just have a center wicket and just do whatever they want and everyone gets a go, you know? It was dessert for dinner this summer. It was was fucking mum's giving you the credit card and the number for dominoes, have whatever you want, Okay? It felt like everyone just got a turn this summer, you know? Smith, double hundred. Marnus, double hundred. Head, 175. Cam Green, Pfeiffer. Uzi, at the end there, get in on the act. 195, not out. Davey Warner, 200. You know? It felt like uh, it was, you know, past the parcel, but there's enough prizes for everyone, you know? It was like musical chairs, but they miscounted the amount of chairs. Like, there was, everyone could sit down. There was no need to scramble for a place. You know, that's what it felt like. It felt like playing musical chairs at that weird kid's house where his, his mum's too overprotective and wants everyone to have fun. That's what this summer was. The South Africans, I actually enjoyed having them. Massive fan of Nokier. I love that guy. And Verena, I got a lot of time for him with the stick. Um, their batting is some of the worst I've ever seen, okay? I'm not, I'm not being... You know, this is a humorous podcast. We love to laugh. Ha, 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 ha. Okay? I'm a better batsman than Zondo. Okay? I haven't played in two years, and I was never good at my peak. But I'm better than Zondo. Okay? I'm not saying I'm good. I'm not saying I'm bad. I'm not saying I'm great. I'm not saying I, I'm, I'm anything. 
All I'm saying is that I'm better than Zondo. And I think, you know what, if you ask yourself deep down, you probably are too. That guy is woeful. I've never seen worse footwork and a lack of ticker. The, one of the guys who showed a bit of ticker was Bavuma, and he ran half the team out one day in one of the most bizarre situations I've ever seen. The only bloke I've seen to get three for none while batting, okay? He ran two of his mates out and then snicked off. At least have the courtesy to get a few runs while your mates steal from your cricket kit in retaliation, you know? So it was a very bizarre series in that it was fun, but it was never really uh, a game of cricket, which, you know, who says it has to be? Maybe that's a bit old school of me, you know? Is that old school to have a cricket series where either team could win? Maybe that's a thing of the past. Maybe the future of cricket is just seeing, a, seeing one side just, just have a center wicket practice against another. I don't know. But Davey Warner got 200. I bet on it. The thing with me is, I've never really liked David Warner. I've trashed him on this podcast before. But also, I'm not blind, okay? I don't like the color purple, but I also know that it's fucking purple. By that, I mean that I don't like David Warner, but I understand that he is a legend of the game and a fantastic batsman. And when I saw he was paying $10 for 100, that's got to be the best value on David Warner in over a decade, okay? So put my grievances aside and, uh, and made some cash on the great man, so good on him. Cam Green got Pfeiffer against South Africa, but still, that's great. Against literally the worst batting lineup I've ever seen in my life. But again, it's Pfeiffer. Um, Cam Green is just still buffering for me. Still buffering. I think he's going to have a tough time in India and England with the biggest front pad we've ever seen. But at the same time, can't knock it. Got 50 and a Pfeiffer. Picked up 3.1 million shekels in the IPL auction for some reason. You know, he's pretty good looking. Is he good looking enough to sway the auction for the IPL in such a dramatic fashion? Maybe. Maybe he is. But yeah, Cammy Green. Uh, I can't remember the journalist's name. He went on the grade cricketer. And this seems to be the attitude with Cam Green. This guy on the grade cricketer said... Uh, it was such a shame that Cam Green was injured for the Sydney test because he reckons he would have gone absolutely nuts with the bat in Sydney. Okay, so Cam Green continues to go hypothetically nuts in future hypothetical matches. So never seen a kid with so much hype on him. 20 test matches without a ton. Still pending for me. I still love him, obviously. you got to pick him no matter what because... You know, it doesn't really seem to affect the team who bats at six because our top four is potentially the best in the world and if not one of the greatest top fours uh, this team has ever assembled. And that's not even including Travis Head, who's the most reckless cunt on the planet and is just absolutely smashing it. I watched Travis Head get 70 off 65 balls in Sydney. And let me tell you, that guy doesn't give a fuck, okay? That guy doesn't give a fuck, the thing with Travis Head is I thought maybe technically he had a couple of issues. That was my grievance with him. Travis Head hasn't fixed any of his technical issues. Mentally, he you know, he used to get out slashing because he'd be, oh, should I be playing that? And he gets caught, 45-degree bat. Should I have done that? Should I have not? Ah. Now he goes out there and he goes, anything even a millimeter outside off stump, I'm slashing into next week. Okay, it's about to be Friday the 13th in here with the amount of fucking slashing I'm about to do. Okay, if you pitch it up, I'm smashing it. 
If you give me even the slightest bit of width, I'm slashing for dear life. If you bump me, I don't have many answers for that, but luckily no one seems to do that. And that's the end of that. So Travis Head's just an absolute gun. Um, Alex Carey's 100, emotional. His wife was crying. I was crying. I love the interviews with the wives after a breakthrough 100. She's like, when I met him, he was a loser. He worked in admin. Look at him now. You know, I'm just in tears. I'm just in tears in my living room. So that was a feel-good moment. And then to top it all off, I just thought, if I had a wish list for the summer going into the Sydney test, I just thought, fuck, I'd just love it if Uzi got a massive 100. You know, just because I like Uzi. He got a few 50s against the West Indies, but it was just, if, if I could just be real greedy, I would just say, I would just like Uzi to get 195 not out. And there you go. You know, your wish is my command in 2023. Like I said, it's my year. I'm going to date Billie Eilish potentially. And Usman Khawaja is going to continue on his merry way. So a lot of fun. Blame Matthew Renshaw for Uzi not getting a double ton, by the way. Um, the guy's COVID positive. He comes in at four for 450, uh, batting for his fucking life. And it was quite frankly embarrassing. Okay. You know what I mean? I understand that you're batting for your fucking test career, but at the same time, it's flat. They're absolutely dejected. Do you have to... It was like one off 35 balls. Can you just get a single? I'm not saying you have to do anything weird, but can you just recognize that Uzi is on 195 not out at the other end and just get a single? Is it that hard? Is a symptom of COVID not being able to rotate the strike? Because that's what I saw, okay? I saw a COVID-positive man be extremely selfish late in the day. But anyway, whatever. Uh, Ashton Agar played, allegedly. Now, I have strong opinions on this just because I think I've never understood the point of picking someone who does two things mediocrely over one... Is that how you say that? Mediocrely? Is that a word? I've never understood the point of picking someone who is mediocre at two things over someone who is outstanding at one. Okay? Okay. I understand they want a left-arm spinner for India. Okay. So they gave him a go. This was, you know, his chance to impress ahead of the test tour. And he bottled it, you know. When Ashton Agar opened the bowling in the second innings, we all knew that was his shot. And he started bowling fullies and half-trackers. I think one of his overs went for 17. And it was pretty confronting because we were watching a man... That was his shot, step up to the plate and miss. And, you know, I'm not ripping on him. We've all failed in life, okay? We've all had big failures. Like, that was a big failure. That was his moment and he blew it, okay? Sorry to be so harsh. It's just the reality of the situation. But then Pat Cummins comes out and says, oh, he's going to India no matter what. That wasn't an audition. That was just giving him a bit of a run. And that's fine, but I think maybe someone should have told Ashton Agar that because that guy was absolutely shitting himself. If you're telling me Ashton Agar didn't think that was an audition for his place and that he could just do whatever he wanted, didn't matter, you are out to lunch. That guy was shitting himself out there, dude. Okay? He couldn't even land the ball. He could not land. And they were saying, oh, he hasn't played any red ball cricket in a while. It's like, I'm sorry, in the Big Bash, is the objective not also to land the ball on the pitch? My God, if that wasn't an audition, someone should have fucking let him know because he was nervous, dude. Anyway, that's that. Great summer of cricket. I mean, good to watch despite the fact that it wasn't really cricket at any point. Does it need to be? That's the real question. 
But we go to India and then England next. So it's big boy stuff from here on out. Um, and really, my only wish is for Usman Khawaja to continue on his merry way. I would love... My dream is for Usman Khawaja to walk off the SCG next summer, arms raised, retiring on his own terms. That's why I want for Uzi. He deserves it. And yeah, apart from that, great cricket to come. We'll see what happens. Now, finally, just to wrap us up, the project. The project will continue as per. I, I, I like it. I think it's a good thing. The project is the segment where we celebrate Australian talent killing it here and abroad. Um, this week, uh, I feel like out of step with the news. I don't know what's going on out there. From what I can tell, it's all about Prince Harry and Meghan. I was going to talk about Prince Harry today. There's plenty to talk about. But if I'm being honest with you guys, I just don't give a fuck. I just don't care. You know, so... I'm not going to come on here and talk about something I don't want to talk about just because it's fucking trendy. Like, it's just not going to... It's going to be boring. It's not going to come across well um, because I just don't give a fuck, okay? But if I did cover the Royals, this podcast could be three hours. I'd be fucking lapping it up. But it's just not for me. So um, not sure what the Aussies are doing out there, but I read this in the NBA. There's an Aussie guy, Jock Landale, plays for the Phoenix Suns. And this guy... He's come good. Apparently, he's like an absolute... It's a Cinderella story, this bloke. You know? Didn't get drafted immediately from the uh, from the college system. Um, had to play in fucking Lithuania and Serbia. Even scarier than that, a stint in the NBL. Um, and went the path less traveled. Took him like four years after college to get uh, an NBA contract. Then he went to the San Antonio Spurs. And apparently, they were losing every game. He barely played just sitting on the bench for the worst team in the comp, nothing happening. Kept going, kept going, kept going. And now apparently he's absolutely killing it for the Phoenix Suns. And I use apparently, uh, you know, just out of the fact that I don't follow basketball personally. Um, But like I said, apparently from what I've read, he's absolutely smashing it, contributing to one of the better teams going around. I don't think Phoenix are going that well this season. But Jock Landau... He was, a, he was cast out into fucking Lithuania, no hope in hell, playing in the NBL, against the odds, makes it back, and now he's killing it in the NBA. That's what we love to see on the project. So if you watch basketball, keep an eye out for Jock Landale, Victorian man. And then just to finish us off here, I'd just love to give, this isn't really in the spirit of the project, because the project is about elevating Australian talent you might not necessarily have heard of, but Liam Hemsworth. Okay, I'd just like to give a quick shout out to Liam Hemsworth. Miley Cyrus is releasing a new single and she's releasing it on his birthday in what is apparently a not so subtle dig at the great man. Now, people are saying Miley's, you know, killing it. Fuck you, Liam. If I'm Liam, I'm thinking, mate, you're still thinking about me, babe. I'm rent free in your head. I'm on your holiday. Okay. My, my new girlfriend doesn't release any music because she's a fucking model and she doesn't have to, okay? So I'd just like to give a quick shout out to Liam Hemsworth. Three years on, four years on, still rent-free in Miley Cyrus's head. That's an achievement in and of itself. So fantastic stuff all around. That is the first episode of Get Around Me for 2023. I'll probably, I got to listen to this back, but I got to say, I think it was all right. So up next, we have Rowan Arneal joining us. He will continue to join us for the foreseeable future. 
And uh, yeah, dude, plenty of yarns with Rowan, plenty of good times, and bup, 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 nothing to plug. Yeah. I can't remember how I used to end these things. Oh, thanks for listening. That's right. Thanks for listening. Cool. Way too long, way too long. Yeah, and I can see the ground now. I'm way too gone, way too gone. All right, legends. Welcome back to yet another second half of Get Around Me. First one of the new year, Rowan Arneal. Happy New Year, brother. What's doing? Happy New Year. It's good to be back. You Give me a vibe check. I'm, I think I'm hurting for routine. Dude, we were talking about this yesterday. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, routine. Routine is our friend. Routine is our friend big time. It, I always, you think routine is like a nerd. Routine is like lifeguards at the beach. I know. Because like when they're like, hey, don't swim there. You're thinking, mate, you don't have a real job. Mm. Okay, leave me alone. But then if you swam there, you would have been swept out to sea. And you realize these guys are actually doing the Lord's work. That's routine. Yeah, you don't actually want everything you've ever wanted. It, no. It's not good. Sleeping in, good the first three days. Two weeks in, combine that with binge drinking. Bit fucking spooky. Yeah, and it becomes so hard to get out of bed. Mm. Like, and then just setting no alarms. Very hard to set an alarm when you've got nowhere to be. <laughs> oh, it, it can get out of hand over the uh, the Christmas break. But what's the ghost? What have you been up to, mate? Oh, wait, you went to your first, you went to the cricket. Oh, yeah, I went to the Big Bash. I didn't go to the-, the cr- I would have loved to have gone to the cricket. Yeah. I went to the fucking Big Bash. The Big Bash turned me off cricket. I was enjoying the test. And, yeah. Mate, the Big Bash is no good. It's so funny because you messaged me saying you were enjoying the test match and you're not really yeah. a cricket guy. Yeah. So, I was like loving this. <laughs> I was like, yes, another one falls to Australia's greatest pastime. And then, and then you were at the Big Bash and I thought, ooh- because I've been to the Big Bash and it's it wasn't my vibe and I know it's definitely not yours. Too much too early. I thought no one would be there as well. I just walk in and there's about 18,000 four-year-olds. And I'm like, oh, it's, it's four four-year-olds. That's why it's called the Big Bash. Oh, and I was I was joking. I tried to memorize all the Sixers players beforehand as a bit. And then What do you mean as a bit? I thought it'd just be so funny to rock up and know every single one of their names. And um, it wasn't it wasn't worth it, and I didn't remember any of them. And the game fucking sucks, dude. It's just you're in this big Brisbane stadium, and every single time Brisbane Heat hits the ball, just like let's hear it for the Heat, yeah. let's hear it for the Heat, and then they're like, then they'll zoom in, they're like, and it's the it's the Roundup Squad or some bullshit. Yeah, just everyone's hip hop dancing. Yeah, this like of a dude like hip hop dancing and gyrating in front of a camera. And he's like, let's hear it for the hate. And I'm like, this fucking sucks, dude. <laughs> dude, I tell you what, because I love watching the Big Bash on television. Mm. I should have probably clarified. But it, it, it's when you're at the Big Bash, it's everything that isn't the cricket. That's mm. the problem. Like one ball is bold and then it's like fucking flamethrowers and fireworks. Mm. Katy Perry's blasting. They're like, everyone do the chicken dance. And you're like, mate, what the fuck? I'm here for leisure. And then I was trying to talk about the game. And I've got all these, my girlfriend's friends who are very lovely people, but they have the ability because they're like half my weight to get like slaughtered at the cricket. So I'm trying to be like, and then what? Go- oh, maybe we could make it. And they're just like so drunk. And they're, they're mainly there for the for the flamethrowers and the Katy Perry. Yeah, like, yeah, This yeah. fucking sucks, dude. Dude, drunk, <laughs> drunk chicks in their 20s and four-year-olds, they want the same stuff. Yeah, they, do. they really want the same stuff. They want stuff. fireworks and they want Katy Perry as loud as it goes. <laughs> Four minutes of peaking duck at halftime. Oh, yeah. Or oh, did the boys come out and spin a few records? Oh, they came out and span a few records, which is 
good. They'll probably be around for. That's how the Australian media works. Peking Duck will just be around forever now. Yeah, I like Peking Duck though. Yeah. Really? They seem cool. You want 20 more years of Peking Duck? I like that one song, Fake Magic, with a Luna George. Yeah, I listened to fucking Triple J four years ago. What of it? <laughs> but dude, the Big Bash could be so fun because it goes for three hours. Mm. Sick night out. Um, but they, they did fuck it because you like you want to feel old, go to the Big Bash. Because it mm. is legit. Like there are 12-year-olds at the Big Bash going like, this is... I've grown out of this. Mm. Like even like the the hip hop dancers in the stands, there's like a platform set up oh, and yeah. every boundary they're like spinning on their fucking head or some <laughs> shit. I love seeing a white guy with dreadies spinning on his head after every boundary. I don't yeah, the very yeah, they were popping and locking in front of the camera. Popping and locking. That's what I was looking for. <laughs> and the heat like mascot who I hope whoever was in that costume is getting paid so much money because I was so hot in a Brisbane stadium and he's just in this enormous massive costume trying to pop and lock it and it's because none of them none of these fucking teams have like real mascots because it's all like the sixes the heat well because all of their names are like concepts yeah yeah they're like it's not like uh, you know with the Rabbitohs we used to go to the Rabbitohs games when Mm. I was growing up Reggie Rabbit yeah he was almost better than the game it's like have you ever been to the Waratahs and it's Tar Man Oh, no, but I, I have seen Tar Man. <laughs> Tar Man is one of the most pathetic things you'll ever see. That's just a, like... It- <laughs> <laughs> Nothing calls for the death of Rugby Union more than Tar Man. Tar Man. Yeah, and this is why you should just name your fucking sides, like, the Knights. Yeah. Put a guy in a knight suit. Maybe if you want to really go downtown, let's get a real horse in here. Mm. Let's have a guy on a horse whipping around the stadium. That's fun. Have Name your team after something that could be drawn. Not an abstract yes. concept. And, th- and think about this. Not if if temper- I was to dress up a 22-year-old uni student in this <laughs> in this outfit, what would that look like? Mm. Like, there's a guy out there, he's the number six for the sixes. <laughs> Do they have the number six? So, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's a guy and he's the number six. And he's, it's like a six with a big smile on it. Mm. And it's like, I'm trying to think of any of the big bash names, like the Hobart Hurricanes. That's probably the best one. Probably the best one. Still very hard to dress as a hurricane. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He's just walking around with a leaf blower going, hey, kids. That's yeah, the force of the, the Hobart hurricane. There's a Henry the Hurricane somewhere. Definitely. Yeah, they've got to personify these concepts. <laughs> yeah. It's like, this is this is Sydney the Six. Yeah. Like, and I was so pissed off once I found out the Sixers was the fluoro pink team. Like, God fucking damn it. Yeah, they could they could cool it up a bit. They could cool it down a touch. It doesn't need to be pure high-vis. Well, also, like, even... I don't know what they're trying to... Because they still got the, the remnants of, like, when the Big Bash first started. And, like, Andrew mm. Johns would play. Mm. Like, it was a complete piss take. <laughs> like, if you look up, and Andrew Johns has, like, a, a professional cricket record. Oh, really? Because he so- played for New South Wales in the first ever Big Bash. And, like, blokes are wearing shorts and shit. Mm. So, we've still got, like, a bit of that coming off the back mm. where you think we could probably just rebrand the whole thing. Because when you think about, like, NBA, like, Major League Baseball, mm. but like, cricket has the IPL. This all sounds cool as shit. Yeah, it should have a lot less Quidditch vibes to it. <laughs> Like, it shouldn't be, like, playing freeze like, f- ultimate Frisbee vibes. Yeah, there's a bit of that, yeah. There's a bit of ultimate Frisbee vibes in it. Yeah, and all the colours are very... Let's cool up the... We could cool it up just pretty easily. Mm, just make me feel like I wasn't wrong to come here. Yeah, that's a, there's a bit of that, like for the, sure. 
I, my girlfriend should be pregnant. Otherwise, we shouldn't be here. This is a family event. Well, it's purely for families. Mm. And like with just the slightest rebrand, the like you could just get the... Because like, mate, people in their 20s, if, if you're going to get them into cricket, you need to advertise as like, mate, come here. It's fucking three hours. Mm. You get blind. And then you can be on your way and, and go and try and kiss someone on the lips at a local pub. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, that was so not- it, it kind of does fit, but like it's just so unpalatable. I just think there's some sport that I shouldn't be there live. I think not all of it needs to be live. But- and everyone's like, the atmosphere, the atmosphere. And it's like, the atmosphere in my living room is pretty fucking sick, to be honest. Yeah. I can have a pretty sick atmosphere in my living room when I get to do whatever, whatever I want. Take a piss, drink a full strength beer. I was about to- was it was a full up- strength beers at the Big Bash? I doubt it. Because it was mid strength at the test match. Dude, I, it was like two weeks into drinking. So, I was on, on the bus home with all these like plastered women just being like, yeah, it's a pity I couldn't get drunk. I only managed to drink nine beers at the stadium. Oh, dude. Mid-strength <laughs> beer is, is a freaking- It's a dream. Queenslanders love it for some reason. Mm. Great Northern and Forex were the two most popular beers in this country. And Queensland has got- a, uh, That's pretty much- They're doing a lot of the legwork there. If I've discovered anything- I was a, oh, I was in Queensland for 10 days- I'm never going there in summer again. Too hot? It's not for me. Really? Not for The humidity, bro. Spring. That's where when we need to be in Brisbane. Yeah. Let's never go to any city unless it's at its peak time to be there. Like, we were in Melbourne this year. Too cold. We're oh not going God. back there at that Melbourne time. Melbourne in June. Pass. We, <laughs> <laughs> we need to work out. I'm ne- the, the, I need to create a map of the weeks I can go to different cities. Because what the fuck was I doing in Queensland? Yeah, and then like with the mid-strength beer as well, like you just get sort of dizzy, and you're like, "Am I drunk or am I? Um, do I need an IV drip?" Yeah, you just get dehydrated, and you're like, "Well, good, I haven't gotten drunk, but I've consumed a lot of carbs." Yeah, and like the bloke next to me thinks I'm pretty cool because <laughs> I've I've stacked up all the cups, and so he can see that I've had upwards of twelve, and there's a few high fives going around and that sort of stuff. But yeah, no, the Big Bash probably need a bit of a rebrand there because um we took our pommy mate one year sold out at the scg so this is like ninety thousand people or something or mm. seventy thousand. <laughs> it was crazy we had literally literally like we thought we could just buy tickets at the door mm. so we literally had the worst seats in the house at the <laughs> i'm, I'm telling the tallest the tallest um stand we mm. were at the very back row of the tallest stand like it was like we thank god maybe that's why the colors are so fucking fluorescent so you can make out who's who down there but um, it was just too much because it's just the stuff in between the balls. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, um, too much, like, they they make you do the Macarena and shit, like... Mm, it's very involved. Very involved, yeah. But I was involved... I was enjoying the Mexican wave. Yeah, the Mexican wave's good. That is fun. And then also, cricket fans have to freaking put their hand up a little bit because I always say, <laughs> mid-strength beer at the cricket is fucking disgraceful. Mm. And then by 3 p.m., you're thinking, mate, if, if the boys around me... In this bay, if there was full strength beer going since 10 a.m., like there'd be sort of a fire festival type incident <laughs> because, like, it is a long day. Yeah. And this is a problem with cricket. You guys don't get knocked around as much. So when you get on the piss, the amount of arrogance that spews oh, out yeah, of cricketers' dude. mouths dude, compared to footy, it's absolutely nuts because at least footy, everyone gets bashed up a little bit, they're yep. slightly concussed. They're taking it a bit easy and they might get a bit mouthy, but cricket players just fucking mouth off so hard. Because there's no consequences. There's no us. consequences. Yeah. You can't do that in footy. They'll just lay you out. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I've always said, mate, my record 0 and 1 officially, as far as physical <laughs> altercations. Unofficially, I've got like 147 fights started, and, and one, one of those blokes chose to finish it. <laughs> but yeah. Oh, anyway, well, that's good. The big bash. Mate, you've got to come to the test match next year because I went with Freddie. It was sick. Yeah, I'm going to be in New South Wales for sure. Yeah. Oh, well, that's cool. How was Christmas, mate? So you were at the missus' place? Oh, after Christmas. I was here till like the 28th. Oh, uh, okay. I had Christmas at my parents. People came over. Oh, stay, stay, And then stay, I thronged out for a couple of days. Oh, the sarong? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I forgot. Yeah. That, was your, that was your parting message of 2022. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So hopefully people got on board on that. I personally did. I I will play the sarongs a little bit better next year. I think you even put up an Instagram story. Oh, I did actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I was Dude. I was feeling the sarongs before I threw up on myself, but um Dude, honestly, there's no notification I respond to quicker or no little button on social media <laughs> that I jump on quicker than a Rowan Arneal upload of any kind. <laughs> what, what do you think I reckon you did seven Instagram stories last year? Probably, yeah. Yeah, that. <laughs> I think two of them I was on mushrooms Dude, half, as well. Half the time I'm thinking, fuck, is he okay? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, two of them you're on mushrooms, so there you go. Or I find I I take a particularly, what I view as a very cute photo of my girlfriend and I'm like, oh, okay, well, yeah, the world's going to see this. There was that one uh, main grid post, I think you were at a wedding where you were looking unbelievably handsome. Oh, thank you. Remember that? It was at your sister's wedding. I don't, I don't think that would have made it. I don't think this... I think the last grid photo might be when we were in Brisbane. <laughs> Mate, New Year's resolution. I'm going to get into fishing and I'm going to What was your last grid photo? I think it was us in Brisbane. You're kidding. That was in like April. That's hilarious. Jeez. I'll check it out. See what I'm up to. But that's the New Year's resolution. Active and urgent on social media. Active and urgent. Active and urgent. And then... Do you I'm do a- social media break over the Christmas period? I usually just fucking peg it away for a few days. 24th of April... It's us in Brisbane. How funny is that? That was your last post on Instagram. (laughs) Oh, jeez, Rowan. I can't believe you don't have a bigger following. (laughs) But this year, I'll do that and I'm getting into fishing. These are the... Oh, really? Yeah. I thought you already loved fishing. Nah, not really. I'd I'd like to go spear fishing with my mate. Really cut the cost of living down a little bit. Yeah, right. Is mainly what I'm in it for. I'd like some free food. Yeah, okay. Okay. Dude, I would come fishing with you. Fishing's a vibe. Yeah, fishing is a vibe. We could go fishing. Let's do it. One of us can learn how to gut. Beautiful. Could be me, could be you. I was about to say, I kind of know, because I used to go fishing heaps as a kid, mm. but I, don't, I haven't done it in a while. But anyway, that's okay. That, also, that'd probably class us up a bit as well, fishing. Well, it, you can't just sit there for like eight hours and drink piss with no no sport i was about to say it really colors in the photo Mm. if we just go to the beach and drink eight beers and smoke three joints Mm. that's like fucking hell lads you haven't done much there (laughs) but if we come home with even one brim Mm. then you go well boys you're outdoorsman yeah and i'll tell you what mate i'm not taking a ruler to the beach (laughs) (laughs) no there's no we're not throwing anything back okay have you seen how i'm gonna be very um owns a chinese restaurant kind of fisherman Oh, like you just anything's going in the pot, mate. If I could, if I could get a single fish cake out of this thing, oh yeah, <laughs> it's coming home with the fellas. Yeah, this little, this little, this little brim's thinking. Don't worry, I'm way too young for this. And then, oh god, it's Rowan Arneal. You've already knocked over half his family. Oh my god, it's a twelve centimeter female flathead. This is perfect for me and Billy to snack on later. Yeah, 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 not yeah. For, not for dinner, but for an afternoon treat, perhaps. Yeah, Jesus. over the coals. Fucking hell, mate. 
All right, well, let's get to a place where we can potentially buy the fish as well. That could be a goal for 2023. <laughs> that was a goal I wasn't going to mention. Yeah, I was going to say, you're starting to go a little bit like fucking Gollum over there, mate. <laughs> eating fish raw. You don't even fucking cook it. You just eat like a whole fish. Sashimi, mate. Sashimi oh. level grade. You're freaking me out, mate, to be honest. But uh, but yeah, mate, my Christmas, I'll tell you, I was in, you know, from one ivory tower to another, I would say. <laughs> I was in the Barossa Valley of Adelaide. That's sick. So, I will say, as soon as I put boots on the ground in Adelaide, I just thought, ugh, get me out of here. Don't like Adelaide, the city. I have... Well, I said to you, I have a feeling that I might like Adelaide. And you, you like, stamped that out really quick and said, no, you won't. It's fucking shit. Yeah, I, I got some personal issues with Adelaide. And <laughs> Does it happen to have anything to do with two weeks at the Adelaide Fringe three years ago? I'll put it this way. I've been to the Adelaide Fringe twice. I won't be back. Okay. I was not well received. Thank you. But, uh, dude, um, no, nah, it was fun though. Like just stayed on a, like basically like next to a winery, but just got like way too piss fit. Mm. Cause like we would go for lunch and then we'd like have a few beers at lunch and mm. then you get home at, like three and then you're like, oh, have a couple of beers and then it's dinner. And then, like, as well, the only time I could really, like, just proper chill out by myself was, like, when everyone went to bed. Mm. So, then I'd stay up till, like, one. <laughs> and then, like, man, the last night, I was literally just, like, in the paddock shirtless, just screaming at the universe. Just, like, <laughs> just, like AirPods in. Dude, AirPods are the greatest thing on the planet. I guess just headphones in general. <laughs> because you could just go absolutely nuts and, like, not bother anyone. Mm. Like, I was just fucking loving it, dude. Yeah, that's sick. And the stars were unbelievable. So, like, I'm just blind on wine, AirPods in, with, like, literally, like, the Milky Way above me. I thought, fuck, this is sick. That's fresh. Yeah. yeah. I had a home ground advantage for Christmas this year. I fucking loved it. Oh, yeah. You didn't have to go anywhere. I didn't have to go. Well, also, there was the incident last year, which- um, What was that? Oh, uh, when I, I left Christmas at- and to drive home and I just got that message being like, I heard the Prado start. Oh, you lied yeah. to me. You lied to my face. So there was a whole drink driving incident last year. This year. Yeah, what is it? Triple demerits on Christmas Day. <laughs> but I made a resolution. I said, you never drink driving again, mate. And you didn't. I didn't. I didn't. That's good. Well done. It's a very selfish act and no one should do it ever. You really but shouldn't. Home ground advantage this year. So people over at my place. Yeah. And- I happen to be a 27-year-old piece of shit that just moved back in home. Beautiful. So, I'm pottering about. I'm moving around with my wine. I might go upstairs, treat myself to something that might pet me up a little bit. Yep. Manage Co- yourself. Couple of cones out the window, come back down. Yeah, that's fucking sick. Talk, talk to my cousins for a bit. My cousin's blackout drunk telling me about her marriage, telling everyone about her marriage. I'm like, this is fucking sick. I'm having the best time. Oh, yeah. My dad just looked at me. He's like, mate, you got to stop drinking. And I'm just like, no, this is the fucking best thing ever. Yeah. They were bringing up beef, like old family beef. Dude, how good's fucking talking about old family oh, beef? Dude. I just had this with my cousins the other night. Oh, so good. Were why you- I wasn't talking to him. Why he's not talking to me. Why this is all fucked. Like, it was just so fucking good. Yeah, dude. I love family stuff. And I'm not involved at all. Like, I couldn't be yes. less involved in any of it. I I don't yeah. care about anything enough. Oh, dude. There's nothing better than drama where you're just on the outside of it. M- me and my sisters, we're a unit. We're close. We're normal. Yeah. Everyone yeah, else yeah. is fucking freaking out. And I just get to watch it all. Yeah. God. But also, God bless that one person who does get too drunk on Christmas Day. Because, yeah, okay, on the day, look, fair enough. Like, you've destroyed the carpet. <laughs> yeah, you know, dad's special chairs. That's never going to be the same again. But... We get to talk about that for now, the next probably upwards of three decades. And the person that did that this year, 
is actually like such a funny person as well. So it's the two things. It's someone being quite drunk, which is very funny. And then them also being hilarious and shooting their mouth off. And it's just like, fuck, I had a good day. Like that's just perfect. Yeah, dude. I love it when um, like you just feel like you've got 10 years of like what they were thinking but not saying and it's just fucking (laughs) machine gun. Like they're just doing drive-bys on everyone. This one time, 2005, Auntie Nat's a bitch. (laughs) Fucking oath. That's sick. Dude, I love that stuff. Yeah, we had a pretty chill Christmas because it was just, it was my family, five of us, and then my auntie and uncle and my nan. And also, we didn't know, but everyone had COVID. Mm. We all... (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. Dude, honestly, we went to a lunch one day. I went out for a massive walk one day. So, basically, my uncle got sick on arrival. Mm. He had COVID the whole time. Okay? (laughs) So, like, he didn't know, of course. Yeah. Um, But, so, everyone got COVID. Mm. Okay? Now, I I went for a walk one day, like a big walk, like Mm. talking two hours. It was like 35 degrees. But I'm sweating it out. I got the lo- I got the ice long black. Like I walked into town. That I'm, is I'm, such dad energy. That's yeah, and sick. I, I'm literally walking along the wineries. I'm fucking loving it, dude. Mm. Man, when I got back, I honestly like almost hit the deck. Like I was so dehydrated and fucked up. Mm. And then like I, at lunch, I was like just so dizzy. Like, and um, so that was COVID, mm. and I sort of just drank through that. But um, <laughs> but yeah, it was sort of a bit of um, yeah. I guess at the time we didn't know we had COVID. So people were just getting sick, but then the the rat tests would be negative. Oh, nice! Because the rat tests don't work at all. I love that they don't work. Also, when they, it's in your favor. Well, yeah. Now it's well, yeah. Now it's good. But like when we needed them to work, <laughs> they never worked. I remember one time, um, our chemist up the road from mum and dad got in trouble because they were like, remember when everyone was trying to get them? They were like boosting the prices up, mm. and it's like fucking hell, like. This is entrapment and they don't even fucking work, mm. you know? Price gouging. Price gouging. That's what I'm looking for. Anyway, yeah. so yeah, the whole thing was, um, it was it was good. It was a fun Christmas, but it was pretty pretty relaxed. Mm. I watched a shitload of cricket and uh, dude, just tunes on, iPad set up, like this is the outdoor area, overlooking the, the winery, just had portable speaker, had dad's iPad set up, set up with the cricket, no commentary, mm. um, and then just getting blind. And cheese boards. A lot of cheese board action. Nice. So, it was pretty good. Dude, how's this the last day? <laughs> we um, we went to this pub for lunch. And then um, Dad's like... It's like a pretty fancy pub, the Tananda Hotel. Like, it's a good place. Anyway, so Dad goes, I'm going to have the fucking soft, slow-cooked pork belly, mm. which is a pretty rogue fucking order from Big Mick. <laughs> He's usually a steak or schnitty man. Yeah, yeah. Maybe a piece of fish. I've never seen anything like this from him before. And it was also a special. It was like fucking $47. Yeah. And, you know, he's living La Vida Loca. He's on holiday. He's having a great time. And uh, anyway, the fucking pork belly rocks up and dad goes, what the fuck is this? <laughs> <laughs> and I go, I go, that's pork belly. He goes, I thought it was lamb shanks. What? Yeah. I go, what do you mean you thought it was lamb shanks? He goes, I was picturing lamb shanks. <laughs> So that I had the barramundi, I, I had to swap with him because he's like, mate, I fucking hate pork belly. <laughs> I was like, I, I knew you did. Like, so like proper senior moment from the old man could be a sign of things to come. Um, I could be capitalizing on it. If, if he, I could become the alpha male of the, of the family in 2023. Yeah. I copped one of them from my dad before my sister's wedding. Oh, he what was happened? Like, he just goes, it was probably a few weeks out and he's like, so do you have any um role at the wedding? And I was like. 
yeah, man, I'm the, I'm the MC. He's like, oh, so she has told you. I'm like, what? She, she, okay. One, she has told me, but you told me before her by accident and ruined the surprise. Oh, really? So she wasn't the one that I, when she called me, I was like, I wonder what this will be about. And I uh, um, didn't tell her that I already knew that she was going to ask me. Yeah, like, yeah. Not only do I know, you were the one that told me and you shouldn't have told me. And he's like, oh, really? Oh, yeah. odd. Oh, well, it's he's good, like, that, it's good can, that you- And who am I? <laughs> it's good that you know now. <laughs> Jesus Christ, mate. Dude, that's scary, eh? But like, oh, I don't know. Yeah. What, uh, what age do you reckon you start to go? Like 55? I don't know. We're going to keep him in the garden. Just, oh, really? Oh, just as long as he focuses on the garden. Then My dad's got a veggie patch. Oh. Dude, honestly, I would highly recommend anyone above the age of 50 to get involved in a veggie patch type situation. Mm. It's the healthiest habit I've ever seen my dad engage in. Yeah, mine too. And he just watches it. You know what I mean? Like he just fucking just patrols it. My my dad just kind of hangs out there with some sort of AM radio and um, a 4X with his shirt off and just yeah. kind of gets it done. Yeah, yeah. Dude. <laughs> Whatever getting it done might be. Dude, my dad will get in like fucking full on... They're like sagas, but he gets in full-on wars with like specific animals. He's like, <laughs> oh, mate, yeah. there's a bandicoot in there out there that's been into my tomatoes. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, he's like purchasing basically like weaponry from Budding's warehouse and like different cages and stuff. And he's like fucking camping out at night. Like <laughs> my, my mate's mom purchased like poison, like I don't know how she got it, but it, she didn't get it legally. Like it was a step above going to Bunnings. Oh, really? Because there was a bandicoot that was getting into their garden. Yeah. And nothing wrong with having and killing an endangered. I was about bandicoot. to say native animal. <laughs> native animal, pretty endangered. Yep. But when it comes to your mint and your basil and your parsley, and the way you feed your family, I was about to say, mate. Because here's the thing: this is um, this isn't just about you know all oh, the flowers. This is this is survival, mate. Mm. This is affecting their ability to provide. Mate, as soon as I have kids, everything I do. I'm going to do for my children and I'm going to let everyone know all the time. Oh, really? You're going to be a great dad? Oh, if I if I need to go before you at a show or some shit. I'm oh, so, yeah. Sorry, mate. I just everything I do is for my children and you're stepping you're standing in the way of yeah. my son right now. Mate, if you have a kid, you're just going to you're going to have to quit stand-up comedy. <laughs> There's no way you can be like, "Sorry, sorry, uh while, while you're taking your first steps, I'm off to bomb to 17 people in Marrickville." Yeah, I said that recently and my girlfriend was like, no, you wouldn't. I was like, nah, I would. Oh, really? <laughs> if I had a kid now. Oh, mate. Yeah, but that's why you got to wrap it up. Mm. Yeah, yeah. You got to be safe. Got to be safe, dude. Dude, I honestly sometimes, um, like the thought of having a kid, you know when you have a mate who has a kid or like just something happens where you like, you just go, whoa, what if I had a kid right now? And then it's like, whoa. And like, not even like, man, I'll have kids one day. Yeah. I'll have them. You know what I mean? I mean, I'm for the cause, mm. but I'm just saying with what I'm dealing with right now, my ability to provide for anyone outside of myself. Because here's the thing, mate. At the end of the day, it is survival of the fittest. Mm. And if dad's hungry, you're hungry. Mm. Okay. So it, it does just fill me with anxiety. Oh, dude, there's no fucking way. Yeah. Like I think one of the lads, one of the lads had know- like a pregnancy scare like a few months ago and I was like... Fucking hell, if that was me, like, what would I do? <laughs> Here's a quick, easy test. You probably shouldn't have a kid if you're living somewhere where you call it the lad pad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd have to change the name of the apartment. So <laughs> then you've got to get another fucking bronze sign engraved. It's a whole thing, mate. <laughs> but no, yeah. I think it's fair to say that we are not ready, Billy. No, we're not ready. But also the other thing is if I have a kid in the next what year or I don't know, fucking whatever, it something's gone wrong. 
Mm. You know what I mean? I don't have like a fucking chick I'm in love with or whatever. Like it means like we got problems. Something went where it shouldn't have gone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. We don't need to go into the so diff- different ways in which you shouldn't have a kid. It's yeah. all very clear to everyone that listens to this podcast that you shouldn't have a kid. First meltdown of the year though, mm. already. First episode. Mm. That's all right. That's, That's not too right. bad. Mate, nothing I want to bring up with you. Um, in Tananda at this pub, you could get, <laughs> right? This is actually, I thought, actually quite revolutionary. And I tip my hat to the great state of South Australia. Not only for this, but also um, Cooper's be the last Australian-owned lager on the planet, I believe. Really? Well, not not that's not true, but... The, of- <laughs> okay, yeah, I thought that was bullshit. No, it it's is. It's like a million craft beers. No, but I'm saying of note. Yeah, I'm yeah, saying yeah. in the top 10 or whatever. Mm. So, I was smashing Cooper's Green while I was there. And, mate, the schnitty, right? You could get a schnitty or a palmy. And you're already yawning, but I'm telling you, mate, gear up. But you could also get a half schnitty. Oh, really? Yeah. And it was actually great. Because, like, sometimes- What like, was the cost reduction? Was it half? No, no, no. It was, like, $20 for a schnitty, 15 for a half. Okay. Yeah. But, mate, it was good because, like, sometimes- Because the other thing was, this pub, this is a country pub, mate. These schnitties are bigger than you. Mm. Okay? And there is a time and a place for me to sit down and eat, like, one of these situations where the palmy's just the whole plate. Mm. And I'll do that. But then that's torpedoing your afternoon- if you're like, you know, maybe if you want to go home and have a few beers or like we're at the pub or whatever, you don't always want to have a whole schnitty. Mm. So this is where the half schnitty comes in. I don't know if this will ever make it to the East Coast because I imagine if you were to order a half schnitty, surrounded by my mates at least, the gay slurs coming in would just be relentless. <laughs> yeah. But I think it's a great idea. I think it's a good idea too. Yeah, I back that. Because you can just cut chicken in half. It's all good. <laughs> Dude, you totally Not can. destroying a schnitty. Yeah. And they also did a 200 gram steak, which I thought was... Quite good because 300 grams mm. to March. On the opposite side of the spectrum to this, my mate was in Tamworth recently and um, he got a palmy and they were like, for like $12 or whatever, would you like to add a little bit of rump steak <laughs> to the side? And it was just a palmy, full palmy, salad chips, and then a little plate next to it with a little bit of rump steak. <laughs> Mate, that's delightful. <laughs> they call that the heart starter. <laughs> he just had a little palmy. He had his full palmy, then a little bit of rum steak. I was like, How was it? He's like, it was exactly like it sounds. Fuck, that sounds unreal. <laughs> mate, these pubs need to start mixing it up a little bit more. Dude, it's dude. Oh, we we're talking about the lads, mate. Pub feeds are getting out of control. It's like 30 bucks for a pub feed now. Dude, insane. If you want two beers and like a palmy, you're looking at like 50 sheets. Yeah, it's been it's been a, it's been a tough couple of years. To dude, I not remember be a wealthy man. Dude, I remember they used to do two for one meals at the Stain like mm. four years ago. We used to go down and get those, and you just live like a fucking king. Mm. It was like fifteen dollars a meal anyway. You just had to line up for half an hour. Oh yeah, because let me tell you, the tell backpackers you, were there. Yeah, the Brazilians they they fucking not Paulo and Glass, but they understood the two for one. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Fuck it, hell, they loved it. Mm. But um, yeah, it was a huge line. It was like a 40-minute wait to just to order. But it was so good. It was worth mm. it. Back then, see, now, if you said two-for-one meals, but it's a 40-minute wait, I'll, I'll happily pay full price elsewhere. Yeah. You true. know what I mean? Like, the context of $11 has shifted dramatically since I was, like, 21. Yeah, and I've, if anything, become more cavalier with money. Oh, yeah. And everything's become more expensive. Because well, it's like, once you're down the bottom, you're like, who gives a fuck? But also, every cent I've ever earned is gone. <laughs> <laughs> More than that, you, you, there's lots of cents that you haven't earned yet that you owe as well. 
Yeah, and that'll go too. Yeah. <laughs> I remember my mate Ben said, he goes, oh, mate, money comes and goes. I'm not too stressed. And I remember hearing that just thinking, fuck, that makes a bit of sense to me. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's, like, I can't really justify saving in any way, shape or form because it's like, like, for me, saving is if, like, you choose not to do something that would cost, like, $2,000. Like, we were going to go to the UFC, mm. and then we couldn't get tickets, but also I was very grateful because it would have been like a $3,000 weekend. Mm. And I was like, to me, that's saving. Mm. When people are like, um, oh, make your coffee at home, save $3. What, what the fuck is that going to do for anyone? <laughs> yeah. The Commonwealth Bank doesn't give a shit about that. The helpful hints are like that. And I just want to be like, you have no idea. You have no fucking idea. Well, I don't have a fucking piggy bank next to my bed. You know what I mean? Like, this is, we're in the real world here. Man, if it's the fucking sweet treats and the coffees that are setting you back, then it's like, you're living in a different world. Yeah. Oh my God, 100%. It's more the energy bills and the rent and the car and all those things. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, yeah, like. <laughs> None of those little listicle articles that tell you about how to save money ever involve that. Oh, dude, 100%. Oh, oh here, by the way, here's how to get a cheap car. None of that. It's just like, oh, fucking bring your own lunch. And you're like, yeah, I was already doing that. Yeah, fucking hell, dude. I've made a few tuna wraps in my time. Oh, Give massively. me a fucking break. Dude, literally for two years when I worked at Westfield, I just had um, tuna and brown rice for lunch every day. Mm. And it was like $1.70. Yeah, you can keep it real low. Yeah. But then it just got to the point where you're not even looking forward to lunch anymore. The boss is like, mate, take your lunch break. You're like, ugh. Well, I buy the $2.50 tuna now. Oh, Serena? Mm. Ooh. Triple chili Serena. Ooh. My only vice, my friend. <laughs> your only vice. <laughs> apart from the fucking four others that have crippled your life. Mate, but- I'm off the six. <laughs> oh, yeah. Mate, talk about this, actually. This is kind of interesting. So, Rowan was... Not a, I don't think you smoked that much, did you? What'd you? It was like a seventy to ninety dollar habit a week. Yeah. So Ryan was smoking cigarettes and vaping himself, senseless. Yeah. You would switch between the two. I would switch. I always was like, I'll start smoking and then I'll do it less, and then I'd end up with a fucking vape. And then I'd look. It was the vaping in bed and the vaping. My vapes are the devil. They are absolutely the devil. Just being able to have a lit cigarette at all times that tastes and smells wonderful. Mate, I'll tell you what, nicotine is a complete cunt and it brings very little to your life. Mate, that's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, it's the worst. And I think when we're half robot, cunts will be putting fucking nicotine USBs into their skull. Yeah, We'll still be ravenous just to get a little bit of a head spin. And all it does is make you want more nicotine. But I read a fucking book. So, mate, this is actually interesting. What is the book? Alan Carr's Easy Way to Stop Smoking. And, mate, explain this for the listener. Because, obviously... As a casual nicotine addict, mate, I actually look down on people like you who went whole hog with their habit. Yeah. Well, at one point, I wasn't whole hog with my habit. But here's here's the thing about being a casual cigarette smoker. You're like, well, how could I ever get addicted to this? It's quite horrible and I hate it. Yeah. But then one day you wake up and you have a cigarette because you're not not doing too well, bit scat, and then you just keep smoking. Yeah. I started smoking for a bit maybe two years ago. Like intentionally, because um, it was just like lockdown and like I didn't really have anything to do. Um, I think I just got an office job as well. It just seemed like vibey. And um, <laughs> that's such a pathetic way to start smoking. It seemed vibey. But yeah. That's literally how most people start smoking. Yeah. Um, anyway, and then I would have a cigarette at lunch. I'll go home for lunch because I live near the office. And then I'd have a cigarette at lunch. And then I went back to work one day. And my friend Annika was like, oh, did you smoke a cigarette at lunch? And I was like, 
she could like smell it on me from mm. like half a meter away and i was like ugh mm. i was like what I'm, i stink of cigarettes mm. and it just put me off it like i still obviously smoke cigarettes um casually after um you know half a beer but um <laughs> but yeah it really put me off smoking like i was like i was like ugh, i just i don't know i didn't like it yeah, there's one person that it's going to suffer a lot from me quitting vapes and cigarettes and it's Billy fucking Darcy. <laughs> well, yeah. Yeah, I vape with you on the road all the time. But um, but yeah, so how does the book work? I don't get it. Because uh, you smoke while you read the book. You That's smoke the while you thing. read the book and then you go over your last... It Basically, all the other times you quit, it just talks about all the other times you've quit um, and what probably happened. And it kind of gets them incredibly right. And then it's like, all the other times you quit, you're like waiting to have quit smoking. So you're kind of white knuckling it until you've quit, until you can finally be like, oh, I've quit. I haven't had a cigarette. But this one, it's like, you've quit the second you have that last cigarette. All you got to do is not have a cigarette. But as we've talked about, they're pretty disgusting and they cost lots of money. So you probably won't. As long as you don't. And if you have that cigarette, you'll be a smoker again and you don't want to be a smoker. So you have your last cigarette and you're like, oh, cool, I've quit smoking. Nice. Good on me. Yeah. Um, and that energy of being like, fucking oath, I've quit smoking. Nice. Um, kind of gets you through the first few weeks because you're like, why would I want a cigarette? Even though my body's craving it. I've quit smoking. That's sick. I wouldn't want to ruin that. Interesting. So it's just all the energy of being happy that you've quit smoking gets you out of those first few weeks. And then you're like, I'm fucking quit smoking. Why the hell would I want to have a cigarette? Interesting. And it's worked. What are you on now? Like three weeks or something? Uh, I think it was like November 6th. Um, oh, no, December 6th. Oh, that's fucking... That's like over a month. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well, there you go. There we fucking go. I don't think about it at all. Really? Yeah. Do I you think cigarettes think about you? No, I don't think they miss <laughs> me at all. <laughs> I think they found someone new. Yeah. Dude, I was saying this on Christmas. I think gambling will be this generation's cigarettes where like our kids will be like, I can't believe you guys all did that. Like, mm. as far as, like, sports bet and, like, all the advertising and stuff. Because i got mates who are, like, wild gambling addicts. Yeah, I'm not a gambler. So, I've at least... That's, like, one of the ones that I'm, like, happy I don't have. Yeah, I enjoy it. But, like, yeah. I don't... It's not, not something I grapple with. But, um... <laughs> you just but, lose constantly. No, yeah, but I, I lose, like, you know, reasonable amounts of money. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, anyway, but, like, I feel like with the gambling ads on telly and, like, fucking all the deals and stuff... It, how is it not the same as, like, cigarette... Like, come and smoke Benson and Hedges, like Ian Chappell or whatever. Yeah, it's so fun. And I was watching ABC News the other day, and they were talking about, like, the financial market, and it's just everything's been down this entire year. It's just all this red of all these companies. And then it's just one one, one green, and it's just points bet. Oh, really? Like, oh, the economy's down, but fucking hell. Gambling companies are still making money. Oh, my God. Gambling <laughs> is like... Gam- gambling will just forever exist. Like, there's something about it. It does, it does wake something human up in you it's when- just the tension of it yeah yeah i could totally see how people get addicted to it mm. yeah it's like you're just chasing the next the mm. next win mm. luckily for me i win so rarely that like i'm never that's the thing i always lose so yeah. i don't ever think about it anymore because i'm like i've never won yeah i'm not like i'm not like oh i need 150 bucks like i'll bet on the ufc mm. i'm like Here's 40 bucks that I'm throwing into a bin mm. for in exchange for a bit of a laugh with the lads. Yeah. A bit of yeah. excitement. A bit of excitement. That, that, it's, it's an exchange for excitement. That's what it really is. And you're not into pokies. Nah, I don't get the yeah. pokies at all. Yeah, I don't get it at all. Yeah. But I think that's a tradey thing. Yeah, I don't know. I guess they've just fucked. Yeah, I guess they just have money as well. 
where it's like when I was they've a- got cash. Yeah. Like when I was eighteen, I was like, why would I go in there? Like I don't have any. I don't one. I don't have any money, and I've also got a couple of addictions under my belt already. So let's fucking take it easy in there. Yeah. <laughs> why would I go in there? But that's the thing about life as well. You don't know what's coming for you. Mm. You know, some blokes hit the fucking poker machine and comes up with $15 and they're like, that feels real fucking good. Yeah. And then that, they're off to the races, dude. Also, embarrassingly, I wasn't even a fucking smoker until I went came back from America. Yeah, you were like 23. Yeah, I was like 23. My first cigarette alone was so fucking horrific that I just never smoked again. Oh, really? Like, I when I was like 16, I was like, I'll go... I was wanted to, I was going home from school. I was like, oh, I feel like a bit of weed or something in the afternoon. I don't know. I just had a, an inkling, and then I didn't have any. And then I had this white ox pouch that I um had found on a night out or something like that. And I was like, oh, I'll have a cigarette on the back deck instead. And I didn't have any filters, so I just rolled one like it was a joint. And oh. I just had like this fucking disgusting cigarette, and I wasn't enjoying it. And um, then my head was just like fucking hurting and I felt sick and at that time and then my dad just came out the back door and I was like what the fuck my dad's here why is he home why everyone should be at work and he just opens the door and goes grandma's dead we need to go to the hot dying we need to go to the hospital and then I'm just I feel like I'm gonna throw up and my grandma's dying and we need to race to the hospital and it's just me and my dad in his Mazda 3 and we're just racing to the hospital to see her before she dies. And the whole time I've got the window open trying not for him to like smell my breath. Because I'm like, he's going to fucking spaz out now. And then I was just at Motorvale Hospital and it was just my dead grandma and all my relatives. And they're all crying. And I feel like I'm going to throw up from a cigarette. Oh my God. And I became a cigarette smoker like seven years later. Yeah, that's bizarre. But I mean, at that point you do have to tip your hat to nicotine. A hundred percent, bro. Nicotine always gets the job done, dude. It's like fucking water. It's just seeping through. It's coming for you. It just took sleeping with someone that was smoking and they were cheap in that country. Yeah. It's so cheap because it's always the price as well. Yeah. Like I've never been to France, but I can tell you that I will be smoking cigarettes when I get there. Yeah. I've always said France and Italy. I need to go with a bay and just drink wine and smoke cigarettes. Oh, dude. It's cool as shit. But now I'm probably just going to drink wine and be like, fucking, I can't handle it. Because I'm not going back to Australia as smoker. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. You can handle it. Good work, Billy. Well, it's because my parents smoke. So, yeah, like, yeah. you'd never want to smoke when your parents smoke. Um, just because of all the graphic ads on TV when you're like <laughs> fucking 11 years old. Like, some, there's some bloke who's just been like literally had his head lopped off. They're like, this is what cigarettes do to you. Mum and dad are chuffing away on the balcony. I'm like, oh God, no. Um. But yeah, like 18 to like, oh, six, like I wasn't even very cool in high school. Like I wasn't smoking weed at 16 or whatever, whatever you public school miscreants were doing. But um, yeah, no, I probably didn't have a cigarette until I was like 22 or something. I don't know. (laughs) That'll do it for a casual smoker. Yeah. I don't know how I got into it. Like I lived in England, never, never, nothing came up. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. Or maybe just being around comedians. Because comedians yeah. were just always smoking. Yeah, always smoking. Yeah. That didn't help as well, especially in America. They smoke so much. Yeah. And I'd just be bored. You're just waiting to go on as well. Yeah. And you're drinking. Yeah, you're I like, know what oh, you mean. Fucking give me a little bit. Yeah, I know. Plus, it's just... At the end of the day, it's just fucking... Just something, isn't it? You know what I mean? Like, it's just fucking... It's just not the void. Just let me feel something. 
That's the shittest drug in the world. It's terrible. It's truly terrible, dude. Even Joe, even Joe Rogan, um, the 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 health the health king himself, when they were doing Sober October, he said, um, he was um started smoking cigarettes in the green room just to feel something. Oh, that's so fucking sad. <laughs> well, I guess so, but um, I guess he always goes on stage like a bit drunk and high. Mm. Whereas like I'm, we don't really do that. But um, anyway, mate. Last thing here, I just wanted to run this past you, um. Dana White, head of the UFC. This is this isn't funny. It's not funny. But also, the context in which it happened, you know, basically Dana White is starting this power slap challenge mm. where it's like an offshoot of the UFC, where two guys stand across from each other and you just get to slap the other guy in the face, mm. and um, it's crazy. Like the concussions would be insane. They have two people standing behind the guy um, because a lot of people just go unconscious from the impact. Fuck. Because they're huge. They're, it's yeah, not yeah. like me slapping you. It's like fucking mm. some hundred. Like me slapping you. It's like Bam Bam to Avasa <laughs> slapping me as hard as he can. I would be unconscious. And um, anyway, so he's, he's starting that up and that's, that's pretty, you know, some ideas shouldn't get out of the boardroom, I think. Yeah, and like- <laughs> unfortunately, when you're a bald man on steroids and you have no neck, it's very hard for people to disagree with you. And this thing's just got completely out of control. It's like all the UFC stuff, you can talk about the history of martial arts. There's all these things. Like, this is tactical. Like, it's such a sport. And then it's like, and also, we could just watch people get concussed. Yeah. It could also be fun. I know. What a stupid idea. Apparently, it's for TikTok because it fits perfectly into one minute. Because, like, you know, how long does it take to see one guy just get absolutely leveled? Mm. It takes all of seven seconds. <laughs> and, mate, you, you can't tell me. If you're scrolling on Instagram reels and you see a thing where a guy's standing there and he gets slapped so hard, he goes unconscious. You can't tell me you're not going to stop scrolling and give that a gaze. Give that a gaze. Yeah, for sure. But why Dana White needs to be involved? Well, it's Dana White's power slap challenge. It's branded. Dana White's a brand, mate. Anyway, mate, unfortunately, I don't want to get you too revved up for the power slap challenge because, like I said, this isn't funny. The timing Mm. could be construed as humorous. Dana White, a week before the Power Slap Challenge airs on TBS, um, there is a video of him aggressively slapping his wife in a nightclub in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So that's well-timed. The timing is poor. There's the, perhaps some irony involved. I mean, there's definitely something. There's something to be out there. <laughs> there's something about a, a 54-year-old man on steroids getting coked out of his mind in Mexico. It's like it's like it's like this is the worst thing that could possibly happen to the UFC. Mm. For all those people who are like, oh, they're just cage, they're just brutes in a cage. It's disgusting. It's like, well, you're kind of on the mark now. <laughs> this Dude, is- I think the UFC. I I don't think it has longevity. I honestly don't. Really? I think because right now we're not seeing the long term effects of the UFC. But in, well, we're starting to. We're starting to. That's the thing. Well, because the murders are going to start, and they're going to come in hot. Oh, did I tell you this? There was a murder. Oh, true. There, oh, there we go. There's, yeah. there's been a murder. It so, started. Same Great. week. Same week as Dana. Um, firstly, so uh, one guy died of a heart attack at like 45, but I think a lot of them will die of heart attacks because the guys who are now like 50, when they were in the UFC, they were all just juiced to the gills. Juiced, yeah. And um, they're literally probably just buying needles off some bloke at a gym. You know, just so that's its own issue. Mm. And then the other thing is that so much CTE. One guy um, threw his girlfriend through a shower and killed her. Fuck. And he like um, just 
was a UFC fighter for like 15 years, just like probably has no brain cells left. Mm. But um, yeah. It's going to be s- it's gonna be hard when all you hear to get new UFC heroes when all your heroes, you know that there's a possibility. Well, they might. They might end up making the gloves bigger or something because. Yeah, that would. I help. mean, I mean, look look what happens to boxers. Like, um, I got I got a mate um who works at KO, mm. and he interviewed Mike Tyson. In fact, I don't have a mate. Sorry, I know someone who knows this guy. Okay, perfect. I've never met this guy. Yeah, yeah. I, I was trying to claim a friendship I didn't have. Makes more sense. Anyway, he interviewed Mike Tyson for like KO boxing or some shit. He said the guy is so out to lunch. Like one, also he's so high on weed and mushrooms the whole time. And then um, he like one moment he said he's like, he's like just so lucid, making so much sense. The next moment he's just burst into tears. The next moment he's like, yeah, when I was at my peak, I'd kill anyone in my way. Like, Fucking hell. and he said he spent like two hours with him. The guy was all over the shop. And then the next, the next day. And he didn't even get punched by Mike Tyson. Yeah. And Which is the fuck thing. I the know, other exactly. people must be like out of their minds. The other guy must be fucking throwing people through showers or something because... And then he, But then the next day, it was at some boxing thing. The next day, he saw Mike Tyson. just spent two hours with him the day before. He said, hey, Mike, how are you going? And Mike said, hi, what's your name? He had, couldn't even remember the interview. Mm. And, the, and he cried in the interview. <laughs> Imagine crying. Imagine like crying as a man and not remembering it the next day. I'll be shaking that off for like four weeks. I mean... You cry on camera, Billy. I'm, How long are you going to remember that for? I mean, I can tell you like pretty much every time I've cried in my life. <laughs> on, on camera or otherwise. You know what I mean? So, the fact this guy's just brushing it off, he he's either absolutely out to lunch or... This is a fully-fledged gentleman in 2023, and this is how we should all be. Mm. You can cry twice before Friday. Don't even worry about it, mate. Yeah, that is true. Maybe he's just setting a new precedent for men. Yeah. He's breaking some stigmas, that Mike Tyson. And Mike Tyson, while we're here, we should mention, also beat his wife. So mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, yeah. true. <laughs> anyway, they sort of got less banterous after the whole power slap thing. I forgot that guy fucking killed his wife. Murked his wife. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, sorry about that mentioning cte so quickly yeah um but yeah humorous timing but H- humorous timing with the power slap challenge. it is good that power power slap should be canned after that and Dude. I, I knew something happened with dana just because i went on facebook and there was just a bunch of quotes of the times dana's said it's unforgivable to yeah. hear your wife i was like oh yeah. good because you've got to keep in mind as well as far as handling a domestic violence situation the head of the ufc i mean this is a fucking tuesday mm. he brushes these things off mm. regularly but this is the first time He's done it. But what a piece of shit. What a raging cunt this bloke is. It's unbelievable. To, and then and then this is how crazy this fucking psychopath is. Um, he, he he does these fuck it Friday videos where he mm. like makes like, he does a food challenge. He's like, today we're making triple fucking bacon cheeseburgers or some shit. Oh. So like the statement comes out on Monday, that Friday. There's still a fuck it Friday. It's fuck it Friday. Oh, it's in the loading. What do you make some nachos? He, Don't he, eat your wife he nachos. Made a, a blo- <laughs> <laughs> fucking hell, mate. He could have taken a week well, off. Also, like, doesn't even address it. Like, he's just like, what's up, guys? Today we're making bologna pie. Like, <laughs> and it's like, dude, like, just the most shameless. Oh, my God. What is wrong with some people? I saw um, a comment on one of the things being like, 
well, it's looked like they've handled it within their marriage and they've worked it out. So it's none of our business. I'm like, mate, that is the complete opposite of the point of domestic violence. <laughs> that, oh, as long as it's within their marriage, then it's all good around here. Dude. You guys, <laughs> Fucking hell, mate. You guys also <laughs> drive past burning buildings and say, oh, it's, it's, that's for them to deal yeah. with. That's That's got nothing, none of our business. Yeah, I was about to say, how about you fucking keep your eyes on the road, Bill, okay? <laughs> Jesus Christ, dude. But yeah, so Dana White's a piece of shit and uh, the power slap challenge is no more, mate. So 2023, off to a rocky start, but that's all you can do. Um, I don't know how long we've done. Ah, fucking long enough, that's for sure. Um, First one in the can, mate. Any closing thoughts? Oh, it's a slow incline, I reckon. Yeah, I think it was good that last bit um, with the domestic violence and stuff, I think it was quite a weak segment. Mm. Um, but it's good to get one out of the way. It is good to get one out of the way. Because if we came out and this was a barn burner from start to finish, I'm honestly <laughs> shitting myself for next week. You know what I mean? It is scary. So now, yeah, this 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 episode, eh, it's probably not going to really change anyone's life. No, no. We, To be frank, we just had too good of a time, too relaxing and nice of a time over Christmas. Yeah, I know. Both stared at each other and was like, did you have kind of a good time and nothing to talk about? Yeah. 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 I went to the cricket. Billy was part of the Barmy Army. Yeah. I'll, like, I've talked about that on the solo pod. Oh, so I bet. That's the thing. Man. I'm spread too thin. I miss my ex-girlfriend. It's all happening. Anyway, Ryan, see you next week. Yeah, see you, brother.